Hi guys, my name is Angela. I am Ari. And this is Girls Gone Bible. We wanted to have a little fun today. So we gave you guys a chance to ask us questions about being single. And we plan today to expose ourselves in a lot of ways because you guys are nosy and that's all you want to know about is our boyfriends and our love life and or lack thereof. So many of us are single and in the waiting season and it's nice to know that you're not alone in yeah. it, you know? Mm-hmm. But so what have our last, what, what did we do last week? We had our baptism we, at Mosaic. I'm still on a high from it. I feel like like the world is going and I'm in a cloud. Like I am on a high. I can't believe it. We had truly so we basically we had a baptism. We had our first girls gone Bible baptism where we invited anybody and everybody to come. It was in LA and it turned out that 70 people got baptized. And so 70 people came home to Jesus. They did the mark of baptism. They identified as being a son or daughter of Jesus Christ. And it was the most emotional, beautiful, powerful night that I've ever experienced. And I think something that Ari and I both took away from this experience was um, because we've met a lot of you before, a lot of our audience and our GGB fam, but this weekend was a little bit different. We had so many people who showed up and we luckily got to talk to everyone afterwards and we prayed with everybody and and it was a really beautiful experience. But what I noticed mostly was that it was a bunch of people who were desperate for hope. Yeah, That was the common denominator. I mean, we had so many girls and guys who came up to us being like, this podcast changed my life, Jesus saved my life, and they would tell us their story. And it was just really interesting to see. The reason we started Girls Gone Bible is because we knew that people are suffering and they're struggling. And then to have to see that face to face, see it like manifested right before our eyes about how learning about the true nature and the true character of Jesus is healing people Mm -hmm. was beautiful, but also gave us even more of a responsibility. It made us even more aware of that responsibility that we have. It did. And it made me even more excited about life. And I just remember looking into so many people's eyes and just they were telling me their stories, and I'm like, I see myself so much yeah. in you guys. And that's why I now know why we're all such a family, because yeah. we all relate. We all, at the end of the day, have the same stories. Mm-hmm. We're all broken. We're all trying to figure it out. We're on this path together. And it was beautiful. And it's it's crazy. When you and I got baptized, I saw such a change in my eyes and in your eyes. Mm-hmm. But to see it just the power of baptism, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God. When I saw their eyes, how different they looked, how lighter they looked. Yeah. It looked like the pain, the brokenness, mm-hmm. the weight of the past had just been mm. lifted off so many people because I got to talk to so many people before their baptisms and then after. Just the pu- the purity mm. yeah. that you that you feel when you come up out of that water. It was something I can't even describe to you that night. It was truly the greatest night of my life. It was such a, just like Ari said, we talked to a lot of people before and after getting baptized and we have so many stories. Like for example, there's this one girl, I don't know 
her name, but I, I have a video of her and I'll mm-hmm. play it after this. It's so funny. It's so cute. But she, I had caught her in the back room deciding whether or not she was going to get baptized and she was crying. And I, I went up to her and I was like, what's going on? What are you feeling? She's having major warfare. She wants to get baptized, but there's a voice in her head telling her that she's too dirty. Yeah. And that she can't, she can't be baptized. Mm -hmm. She can't actually do this because she's too dirty. Mm -hmm. And she told me, but then she heard a voice. She heard Jesus's voice saying, I will make you clean. You're going to be clean. And then so she ends up, she's like, but what do I do? I don't have any clothes. I was like, don't (laughs) worry, I got you. I like went and I got her clothes. And then she changed. She got baptized afterwards. I swear, I saw a new girl. And do you know what she told me? She said, I feel so clean now. And after I got baptized, a random person went up to her. She's holding these white flowers a random person went up to her and gave her white flowers and the white was basically symbolic of the pureness that Mm -hmm. had that she now has after being baptized and I was just like this is actually crazy because it's one thing when it happens to you and it's like oh no one's gonna but when you see it happen to somebody else like such a beautiful wondrous sign like that it was so cool to witness I know and she wasn't even going to get baptized what happened was you had to RSVP and sign up and then at the end of everyone's baptism they're like does anybody have the courage that's mm. scared to come up to the front and do it? And we were waiting and we were waiting. And then I remember seeing her come walk into the yeah. front. So it was, yeah, that was, that was special. I actually think we have a video of that too. So we'll play that video because I actually think we have a video of the three you of us standing it? in the front. Yeah. And then we also, I'll play the video of... She has us as her phone background. Oh, yeah. And she goes, she goes, I put this as my, she has the th- a thick accent, just the cutest girl I've ever met. She's like, I put this as my background because when I see you guys, I remember I have to think about God. Yeah. <laughs> but I listen to the podcast and then I can, uh, it's better. <laughs> this reminds me of God. Like every day I look at this, I'm like, yes. I need to remember God. I need to like I listen to the podcast. Her. I need to read the Bible. It's I love encouraging. <laughs> so cute. That was really cute. But just like Ari said, there was I don't because it's so beautiful the people who like decided beforehand they wanted to get baptized. But there's such a beauty in the people who like you just see that God was working in their hearts like them watching that's why it's a public declaration because you can inspire so many other people in the process and God they feel a stirring in their heart and then they're having this warfare should I do it should I not there's so many things standing in the way pride embarrassment shame unworthiness feeling like you're not good enough to like enter a true relationship with Jesus like that and so when we would see people coming up and like having the courage to walk up is just the most beautiful thing. It really was. It was. And there were so many young girls. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. what I loved. And that little girl, how old was she? What, there was like seven? an eight-year-old girl. <laughs> yeah, got baptized. It's so cute. And then also shout out to the girls who flew. There was one girl who will be in my heart forever. I love her so much. She came from Connecticut. Mm. Um, and she Mona. was... Mona, she was the kindest, just, I'm just so happy she came into our lives. She yeah. Was, we had another girl, Tiara, that came from, all the way from Japan. I was just like, when, I'm so <laughs> sorry. You. when they told us that, I was like, what? When she, no. For so, us? so there's this girl, Tiara, who I, we had messed up one of her merch orders one time. Maybe we sent her a small and she wanted a medium. I don't know. But I, so she's like in my DMs and I see her DMs all the time. We talk all the time. And when I saw her, she walks up and I was like, 
where do I know you from? And she goes, I'm Tiara. And I, and I was like, wait, and she, I know she's in the military. She goes, I came from Japan. I dropped to the ground. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't come from Japan. Absolute insanity. So yeah. So then I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about how she flew all the way for Japan for us. So all day yesterday, I'm like, what can I do for this girl? And I ended up messaging her. I'm like, hey, do you want to go <laughs> to the shelter with me and, like, give back? And she came with me. That and she's, is... like, a friend. Like, I, we had the best night. It was awesome. That's so beautiful. Yeah. So. It, it was the best. It was truly the best night of our lives. We thank Mosaic in Hollywood from the bottom of our hearts. Pastor Erwin, Pastor Kim, Pastor Joe, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Mariah. Like, it was unbelievable what they did for us. They provided the building, the resources, the staff, everything for us to do this. Um, what do we do without them? Mm, they are. We would have been dunking people in our <laughs> bathtub at home. We would have given our address and like it would have been. We, Truly, they are the greatest and the greatest church too. Yeah. They are the greatest church. So they're really wonderful. And I just, I felt like a re- recurring theme that I noticed that night was like this feeling of unworthiness and this feeling of uncleanliness. And I know that it's something that holds people like nothing will hold you back the way that shame will Mm. shame will stop you from doing anything good in the world because you feel like you're not good enough shame will keep you stuck in a bad spot because what shame breeds is the idea that like I'm already so bad there's no point in even trying to get better and that's why people when they have shame they end up never getting better from a situation because they don't feel they deserve to they don't feel like they can and I remember just watching everybody and, and that girl telling me the story about the about the rose and about how now she's pure and how Jesus told you, like, I'm going to make you clean. You're, you're clean with me. And I was thinking about you and I in our lives and how we've done thousands of things that would disqualify us from talking on that stage or talking on this podcast about Jesus. But because you and I both know the truth of what God says about us, we are able to let go of shame completely. Yeah. Yeah. No, we had a couple of girls say that I feel so ashamed. I feel so unworthy. I don't feel good enough. And I'll tell you, we were in the same exact spot. I remember we had a moment where we looked at a girl. We go, listen. (laughs) Because this girl came up to her and she goes, oh, it was so cute. She goes, I just feel like sometimes I do the wrong thing. And it's just, I feel so guilty. We go, sister, my sister in Christ. Trust me, we are all out here accidentally doing the wrong thing from time to time. You know what I mean? Like, you do not feel guilty. Do not, like, uh, with these moments of doing the wrong thing need to propel you into God's arms even even stronger than before. Yes, you know? yes. I had such a pivotal moment because... I had held on to shame, which is the worst thing, like Angela said, you can ever hold on to. And it's truly shame is from the enemy. God yeah. does not ever want us to feel shame. Never. And I and my friend Maggie, who had been with me from the beginning of uh, my breakup, she was like, she saw me at the bottom of the barrel, worse broken. Um, and so she had saw me on stage. I haven't seen her in a really long time. And I had a moment because I went up there and I just let everything go. And I just... I felt like I really feel that I have come into my own and it's this whole new version of myself where I can be bold and confident, not always, but 
I'm so much stronger than I was. And she had looked at me and she said, this new person, this new version of you, I am just so proud of you. And it was just nice to hear that because it's true. Like when you let the shame, when you let go of shame, it's just you will be let God work inside of you. You will be transformed. Exactly. Well, and they think the thing about you and me and and everybody who comes into a relationship with Jesus is you start to see yourself the way that Jesus sees you. And when you don't, like, the enemy is an accuser. He's he's the one who accuses you of all the bad things you've done, and he calls you this and that and that, and you're dirty and you're not worthy and you're not good, and, and you, you can never do anything for God because you did all these things. But God says that he, anyone in Christ is a new creation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God says that I am going to cleanse you and make you white as snow. And so I know just like how I said that I've done so many things that would disqualify me from talking about Jesus or spreading the gospel when I and while the enemy will try to accuse me in my ear of all the things that I know I've done that I have done mm-hmm. I am able because I know the truth of what God says about me I'm able to look in the mirror and I do see myself as white as snow yeah and I do see myself as pure yeah. and beautiful and fearfully and wonderfully made because that's who God says that I am. And everybody has the ability to see themselves like that. And that's why we are, every episode, we are like, read the word, read the Bible, because you understand who he is and what he says about you and his nature and his consistency. Exactly. And it's also reading the word will also, that's, I mean, that's like, that's how you renew your mind. That's how God does the renewal of the mind is that he, you can have a thousand lies in your head, but the more you fill your mind with scripture, the more there's not enough space. It's like you kick out every lie with every new scripture that you read. Yeah. You know? And that's why we continue to speak scripture out loud when we're not feeling good. It's the most important thing to do. Yeah. We, yes, we had the best time of our lives, and now today we wanted to have a fun episode where we talked about something that people, we've already done episodes about dating and stuff like that, but everybody wants to talk about it. It's on everybody's mind. Everybody wants to be in a relationship. Nobody wants to be single. And so today we're going to talk somewhat about singleness, and we're also going to answer a lot of questions. We asked you guys to ask us fun, personal, maybe some juicy questions. Um, let's Did you write that down the questions? They're on my phone, yeah. Okay. I just I screenshotted all of them. But um, so are... We're probably going to title this, We're Single, because we're single. We are so happy about today's sponsor. It's our personal favorite, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Guys, say hello to a stress-less holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered to your door. Spend your time this month shopping for gifts and sipping hot chocolate, not stuck in the checkout line. Sign up for HelloFresh and get everything you need to whip up a fresh, tasty meal delivered to your door. Just choose your recipes, select a delivery date, and relax knowing that your dinner is on the way. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfast to start your morning off, to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks both adults and kids will love, HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion. 
Ari and I are so honored that HelloFresh sent us a bunch of stuff to try, and we have been making it every night. Luckily, everything is portioned for two people because we would definitely be fighting over it if not. <laughs> no, literally, that was the, like, one of the best meal I've ever had. What did you make me? It was the chicken sausage. Yeah, it was the chicken sausage spaghetti bolognese with zucchini yeah, and zucchini. parmesan, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting there being like, I am never going to go to a restaurant again. <laughs> Truly, it's honestly so good. I'm was, obsessed with HelloFresh. It was the best pasta I've ever had. It really was. And it's so easy to make. And like I have an issue a little bit with uh, with I will add a little too much of whatever it is. Like I have oversalted so many of my meals by accident. But HelloFresh gives you everything is pre-portioned. So there's absolutely no way of you messing it up. Well, what I love too is that when we had that meal, typically when I eat pasta, yeah. I always get a stomach ache. Yeah. And I felt really good after. It didn't make me feel sick at all. It's truly the cleanest it, ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, we have such a good deal today. You're going to go to HelloFresh.com slash GGBFree and use code GGBFree for free breakfast for life. Yeah, guys. HelloFresh has over 45 recipes and more than 100 seasonal add-on items to choose from every week. So it's easier than ever to find something everyone will enjoy. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash ggb with code ggbfree. Thank you, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Well, I, you know, something funny about Ari and I is that because we have so many questions that said, I, I mean, I, we got this probably 30 times. How long have you guys been single? We had like... 30 questions just asking how long we've been single for. And I, maybe I'm not gonna answer exactly how long, but all I can tell you guys is that me and Ari have been single for the exact <laughs> amount of time because we went through breakups <laughs> within a week apart. Don't tell me that God's not real. <laughs> and we always said to each other, if one of us breaks up, we both break up. We're in this together. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> and, then, and then it happened. And then it happened. And it was just honestly like the funniest thing of our lives. We, as like weird of a time as that was, we also that had was a weird time. But we also had the best time of our lives. We'd be sitting in my house dying laughing, just being like, what is happening? <laughs> like, how is this possible that, that we go through weird. the same thing at the same time? That was weird. It's so weird. So we have a, a lot of experience in relationships. We have experience being single. And we're going to talk single. I'm, what? I'm laughing because um, this pastor was looking at us. He was like, you know, it's really important. <laughs> it's really important to have partners. He's like, but the good thing is, is you guys have each other. I know. Well, somebody asked. Well, okay. Ed, I wanted to bring this up to you because somebody had a question that was like, um, do you think that you can do everything in life that God called you to do if you're not married or you don't have a partner? And the answer is yes, of course. Mm -hmm. God will call you to do things that you actually can only do if you're single. And I know that's the case for us maybe right now is that like there's a lot of things we have to do maybe not with a partner because that would just get in the way of things. And then at the same time, I believe that when you have a certain calling on your life, I think it's almost necessary to have a partner because there might be a weight that comes with that and that comes with that success that you won't be able to carry yourself. And while God doesn't want us married yet, he also knew that we did need a partner to carry that <laughs> weight with because I know that like you, God put us together doing this for a reason because he knew that we needed each other. Yeah. We got to stop talking about each other like we're dating because 
That's a problem. Did we talk about we were at the at the conference, the relationship by design? Oh yeah. And all the married couples are sitting there talking about like talking about their relationships and how to make it work. And we're referring to each other. We're like, yeah, well, what Angela and I tend to do. It's how could we? Honestly, we get off stage and we're like, we just sat there talking about each other. <laughs> like we're in a domestic partner. We are in a we domestic partnership. We are in a domestic partnership. But honestly, it's like somebody messaged us and was like, oh, this is beautiful. You guys are practicing for marriage. <laughs> and at one point, we had a sleepover the other day, which, uh, man, grown-up sleepovers. What can we say? We had a sleepover and Ari brought me coffee in the morning and we look at each other I and we you go, coffee every morning. I know, she really does. And I look at her and I go, we got to get married. <laughs> it's, it's time. Um, I don't care. This is the best time no, of my this life. Is the best. I am flourishing in this time. I know, seriously. So being single, a lot of people really be- view being single as a curse. And one of the most famous sayings is that singleness is a gift not a curse and it is the truth is there is and there is it is and and there's scripture to support that but at the same time we also want to be really sensitive to the and realistic to the fact that singleness does not feel like a gift when you have the desire to be in a relationship or to be married and so we want to hit all aspects with you today about how it is a gift and we'll tell you why it's a gift and it is also really hard and God does want you to have a partner because he told Eve, he told Adam that it is not good for man to be alone and that's why he made him Eve. So there's a lot of moving parts to this conversation. Take it over, sister. Singleness is a gift and we'll get into it after we read the story, but it's... Oh yeah, sorry. I yeah. totally forgot that we're reading. Psalm 84. All right, so today we're going to start just with a little psalm. Um, I was looking all throughout the Bible, like, are there psalms on singleness, on loneliness, on waiting for a spouse? And what I thought was best for us to read was a psalm praising Jesus and talking about how the best place you could possibly be and best relationship you could be in is your relationship with Jesus, because that's the foundation of everything. Psalm 84, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rain also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God and Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows for favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I just want to go over this last little part right here. Better is one day in God's courts than a thousand elsewhere. We would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. 
The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Mm. He will never withhold something good from you if your walk is blameless. He's not withholding a relationship with you because he wants to see you suffering and struggling and sad about it. You know? Explain that more. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. So if you're doing everything right by God, if you're blameless, if you're submitted to him, if you're if you are walking in the will of God according to his word, he's not going to withhold any good thing from you. And it is good. Marriage is good. Relationships are good. Love is good. Romantic love is uh, is good. So he's not going to withhold you. He's not going to withhold that from you. Mm-hmm. When he brings that to you, is not up to us, mm-hmm. you know? I think we sit there and we wonder, but like I always say, because I went through this, we just don't know what he's doing inside of us. Yeah. Like what he's, 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 there's things that I thought when I was so ready just to be in a relationship and I'm like, thank God you didn't bring me my person because yeah. I truly wasn't ready. There was so much more that I had to heal that yeah. I didn't even realize I needed to heal till yeah. right now. So that's why you just got to hang on. You got to keep going. Yeah, and just and trust in the Lord's timing. And and I love this. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God. Like, this is a very humble statement to rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in like a mansion of evil people. And better is one day in, uh, near God than a thousand elsewhere. Having a marriage but not God, like if I had to choose between a marriage and the life that I want or a life with God having absolutely nothing, I would choose God a million times over. Mm. That's where peace is. That's where joy is. And that's where true fulfillment and purpose comes from. It's like such a weird thing because the truth, like I know we hear it all the time, but until you really get it in your bones and written on your heart, you can't you can't have satisfaction because we have to understand that another person cannot fulfill us the way that Jesus can. And if you're not fulfilled without a person, I promise you, you will find, if you think that the one thing you're lacking in life is a relationship, I promise when you get that relationship, you're going to find a thousand things to feel you're lacking in your life. You know, it's so funny. Hmm. I was talking to my therapist a couple of days ago and she was like, how are you feeling? And I was like, you know, I woke up and, you know, I'm waking up alone mm-hmm. and I'm like in my home alone. And I the only way to describe it is just freedom and peace mm-hmm. and to feel to wake up and to not be in a relationship, to not have to look at someone else for to, for to for worth and identity yeah. and all that and to just have it from him mm. and to feel okay and be able to rest and just be okay on your own yeah that's freedom it is true freedom it's true freedom yeah and we get a lot of questions of like well how do i know when when it's time for me to be in the right relationship. And I truly believe that's when you know, that's Mm -hmm. when you will be ready, when Mm -hmm. you can sit alone and be okay. Truly okay, not sitting there wishing, wanting, and needing someone for validation, when you can truly not just be with you and God and that's it, Mm -hmm. that's when you know you're ready. Yeah. Singleness, a time of singleness is your chance to prepare for your person. It's time to, it's time for you 
to get your ducks in order, to get your house. The scripture says that you need to get your house in order, and that's not just your physical house. That means your mental house and your emotional house, and figure out what is in there that if your person came into your life today, what would inhibit your relationship? What would get in the way of you guys having a healthy and flourishing relationship? And whatever whatever that is, like you need to ask God to expose that and bring it to the forefront so you can heal it, tear it down, get rid of it before your person comes, mm, you know? That's true. I mean, there have been so many times in my life where I thought I was ready for my person, but there's still so many things, baggage, so many things that are still hanging on to me that I even right now, like I've got to get rid of yeah. before, you know, and I, I don't want God to bring my my husband before it's ready. It's so funny. I never talked like this, by the way. Like I I never talked about like a husband. Like obviously I want to get married. My parents are together. They've been together for 30 years. Like it's I that's my desire, of course. I know that that's God's plan for my life, but I never maybe because of my a little bit uh, maybe thing. I know I know you're kind of, I know <laughs> So I pray in the name of Jesus that I can be more like Ari and I can be better at being vulnerable. Why is it so hard? It's okay. I need help, Jesus. I need because No, you let's are. Move to you. <laughs> no, I no, no. It's true. No, you are vulnerable. This girl sits here and reads her diary about your sobriety and you don't think you're vulnerable? I don't know. Of course you're vulnerable. Uh, no, but it's true. If you are not satisfied in your singleness, you will never be satisfied in a relationship. Trust me when I tell you that. Sleeping is one of my favorite things to do in life, and our sponsor today has truly changed the game for me when it comes to sleeping. I had no idea, but did you guys know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? It can lead to acne, allergies, and stuffy noses, and it's just gross. But we have a solution because Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding such as sheets, pillowcases, and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. What I love is they use silver-infused fabrics inspired by Nassar and are self-cooling to keep you at the perfect temperature all night. They're self-cleaning because they're infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. Yeah, guys, Miracle Sheets are so luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands, and they feel nicer than the sheets at a five-star hotel. Miracle Sheets are the perfect gift for your spouse, friends, or family. Who doesn't want to get better sleep and luxuriously feeling bed sheets? And since these come with three free towels, you get two gifts in one just in time for the holidays. And Miracle Sheets are designed for your skin. Guys, stop sleeping on bacteria. They can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. You guys are going to want to go to trymiracle.com slash ggb to try Miracle Made Sheets today. Again, that was trymiracle.com slash ggb to try it today, or you can gift it to someone special this holiday season. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. GGB gang, you're going to save over 40%. And if you use our promo GGB at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Thank you, Miracle Made. Yes, Miracle Made is so confident in their product. You have a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash ggb and use the code ggb to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash ggb to treat yourself, a friend, or a loved one this holiday season. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this video. 
Can we read a little bit from 1 Corinthians chapter 7? Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about what Polly Paul, you know Paul, we we love, me and Ari, that was like one of the first stories we read um, on the podcast, and we studied that story of Saul and Paul, Paul for days, baby. Paul, Saul, Paul, Saul. We knew him like the back of our hand, like it was nothing. All right, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 to 9. So... Tell me what you think about this, Sarah. So this is what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8 to 9 says, Now to the unmarried and the widows I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So what Paul is saying here is that because Paul never got married, he traveled the world. He's one of the most influential people of the Bible. He spread the gospel like it was nobody's business. And one of the reasons why he was able to have as much influence as he did was because he was not married. He devoted himself, mind, body, and spirit to Jesus and to spreading the gospel. And so there was absolutely nothing. Like if Paul had a wife and kids at home, he couldn't travel. He brought the places or he brought the gospel to places like Asia, to countries that like would have never known Jesus if it weren't for Paul. And he could not be leaving, going to all these different countries if he had a wife at home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The truth is that marriage, yes, is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But at the same time, it holds you back from so many things you could do for the kingdom. Now, that's not to say now don't get married if that is what God has for your life. But it's it should give you comfort to know that if you are single right now and you're not married, there's so much that you could do for the kingdom of God. I know for me, when I'm in a relationship, no matter what, no matter how good it is, no matter how much the person loves Jesus, it pulls me away from God. It's just the name of the game. It's how it works. When I'm not in a relationship, I can give 150% of myself to Jesus and to doing his work and spreading the gospel. It brings me closer to him, you know? Yeah, it is. Um, that is why it's been the greatest blessing of my life that God has kept me in this little holding period of not bringing me my person because I have been able to devote myself to him for a, it's been a year and a half. It's been the biggest transformation of my life, just yeah. being able to solely focus on him. It's been amazing. It's, it's, I'm like at moments where I felt so broken being like, where is my person? Like yeah. time is running out. No, time wasn't running out. He was building me, mm -hmm. developing me, mm -hmm. being like, I'm first, keep focusing, keep your eyes on me. Yeah. And, and my purpose right now was my purpose, finding out my identity, who yeah. I am, what do you want me to do, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's just this podcast in and of itself, the traveling that we've done together, the, I mean, our friendship is built on a season of singleness. We met right after both of us had got, gotten out of relationships. We, we connected on the fact that we both had just gone through breakups. Like singleness is, it truly was a gift in our friendship and in our lives with each other. Otherwise, had I been in a relationship or had you been in a relationship, we would not have created that bond so quickly where we had we spent every single day together reading the Bible. We wouldn't have had a we wouldn't have had a friendship period. Remember yeah. any time any moment that I have that I'm like Angela blah blah you go R no. If you if anything was to be different, 
We and would have never met, and that makes me sad. Literally, anytime I would yeah. start to dwell about the past, first of all, we say we're not Lot's wife. We're, we're not going to turn into a pillar of salt, so we're not going to look back at the past. Absolutely not. But um, anytime I have those moments, it's you have to put the pieces together of your life, or even if you don't understand right now, just keep going. It will all make sense. Now that I'm on the other side of it, a year and a half later... It all makes sense. Yeah. When it when I was like, why? How could this possibly have happened to me? Yeah. The thing that I wanted most gets is is taken from me. What I wanted is is the complete opposite is happening. Mm -hmm. And you just say you you say to me, if 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 anything different happened, I, I wouldn't have come into your life. No. We would not have girls gone Bible. No. You would have not figured out who you are. You would have not found God. Mm. Most importantly, what did you say yesterday? I loved what you said. We were in the car and you said, um, what did you say? What did I say? It hit. You were like, oh, you, oh, the, the, the purpose of him was to, you yeah. said the, per you, I had a, we were talking, he goes, she's like, man, it's so funny how everything happens the way it's supposed to. The purpose for your the purpose for him was him to break you down so bad for you to figure out exactly who God was and who you are. Mm, yeah, I specifically said that to break you over his knee. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Maybe. <laughs> break me on my knee. <laughs> that was weird. Sometimes you just try things. I'm really, I'm really sorry. Wait, what did you say? <laughs> he broke. Oh, broke you over his oh, you said he broke me over his knee. I was making it a little bit more intense, and it just came weird. He broke what? me over his knee. He did. I'm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> keeping that on. <laughs> I, um, I, I would like to also talk about. Um, and actually, to go off of what you were saying, single people. I do think about this, though. Single people who are doing it right sh are and should be the perfect example of, a, of what it looks like to be fully devoted to Jesus. Because, again, you can give yourself body, soul, and spirit to Jesus. And that's when you make moves. And then just on the same token where, like, marriage is just as good. Singleness and marriage are just as good as each other depending on what the God's call for your life is or what the call for you in that season is. Like, and then when you enter a marriage and a partnership, you can do really incredible, beautiful things for the kingdom that way. But it's just, it depends where God has you and it depends. And I encourage you to pray your heart out and ask God, what is my purpose in this season right now? And if it's to be single, God, like, let me be single really well. Let me do it the way that you want me to. And let me do, let me accomplish everything you need me to in the season of being alone so that when I get into the season of being with somebody else, I can transition into that. But like, let me really exhaust everything I could do for you during this season. Yeah. I think about, um, First Corinthians chapter seven, verses 32, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife and his interests are divided. So single people, sorry. Yeah. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord, how he can please the Lord. Mm -hmm. But a married man is concerned about his 
wife, how he can please his wife, his interests are divided. Yeah. So that goes into saying when you're single, you can devote yourself to Jesus. Well, here's the thing. If you are in a relationship and you don't really know your worth or your identity or Jesus, you're going to put everything, your whole life is going to be about him. You're Mm going to make an idol. Uh You're going to lose yourself. You're not going to know who you are. And everything is going to be about your partner. And then you're going to be left feeling lost, broken. And the truth is, is anyone can walk away from you, but he doesn't. Mm. And when I learned that the hard way, yeah, you know, I, instead of being, trying to find a partner to fulfill me, I, like what he, like what that scripture says, you devote everything to him. These are just for encouragement to people and, and a little bit of guidance of what God would want from you during your season of singleness. Romans 12, one says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You guys know what I mean by that when you're single. That is true worship, is giving your whole body, leaving it holy and pleasing to God. Mm. Let's talk about some of the things that we can do in our singleness. How about that? Let's do it. Okay, so singleness is a time to know who we are, to Mm -hmm. grow who we are, to ask questions, God, who have you called me to be? Um, Because like we said, if we don't know who we are in our own identity, it will complicate our relational identity, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. we really want to figure out who we are and the way we find out who we are is through him. Just because we're single doesn't mean that we are to be alone. One of the most important things that I did in my singleness, because if I didn't, I would have been in the park talking to squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) Not the squirrels. (laughs) No, fam. The best thing I did was to push through. I know how hard it is to be in a season of singleness. Many of you are in an isolation season. It's scary. It's weird. It's sometimes like, you can be panicked. Mm -hmm. I I know I was there and I know the reason why I am okay is because I have community. I didn't have community when I went through my breakup. I had to fight through and find it. I did whatever it took. I, there was a moment where I was like, truly like just laying in bed, looking, staring at the wall, being like, how am I going to get through this? And I was like, looking in the mirror at myself and I truly couldn't recognize the person I was looking at. Mm. And it's because I was so alone. It's because I didn't have anyone to talk to. I mean, my family's all the way on the East Coast. And so when I made the decision to be like, I am not going to let anybody break me. I am Mm. not going to let anyone steal my worth. Mm. I am going to fight through this because there's a reason why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And when I fought through it and I, and I got up and I like, I went to church every weekend by myself. I had no one, like, so anyone who's in this period where they're like, ah, but I I, I don't have anyone to go to church with, go by yourself. Mm -hmm. Me going by myself to church truly was the best thing I could have done. I actually learned better when I went by myself. Oh, 100%. And when you start to do things on your own, you gain that confidence that you're like, okay, I like, you start to feel like a sense of, like, I was proud of myself. That I was getting up out of bed, even in my weakness, I found strength, a little bit of strength because I would get up and do it. And you feel 
proud of yourself. You yeah. know that you have yourself in God and it keeps you going. And so I would go to church and I and that's how I found community. I, I would I push myself. I went places I normally wouldn't go to. That's how I met you. I was vulnerable enough to open myself up to people. Had it I been so vulnerable, I would have never had a friendship with Angela. Um, and so community is the most important thing. We are not yeah. meant to be alone in yeah. isolation by ourselves. We will go crazy. The thoughts, the that's when the enemy creeps in and yeah. he will he will eat us alive. Yeah. He did that to me for for a bit and if I had, didn't push myself and 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 get out he I don't even know what would have happened. So really in your singleness it's your time to build a community. So true. Um and you know instead of it's just like I was at it's all about our mindset. Like I remember just being at a point where I was so negative mm -hmm. and you stay in that negative mindset of, of wondering and wishing and wanting you're, it's going to prolong the process. And the minute I was like, okay, my friends, most of my friends are married and they're having kids right now, but that's not my path right now. So I'm going to know that I already have my God, my King of Kings, and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to I'm going to find my purpose. I'm going to find my friendship. I'm going to start traveling. And that's what I did. And I'm so, I just feel, I'm just at this place of my life where I feel so proud of myself yeah. that I fought through. That's all you have to do, you guys. As your sisters, I'm telling you, we are not going to let you yeah. be stuck. Okay, understand that you have two girls here that were in this place of that are in this place of singleness and were both in isolation seasons. You were too, right? Mm -hmm. You were in such an isolation isolation season. And um you just have to fight through and do things that you normally wouldn't do. And that's yeah. how you will build friendships. This year has been I, I got to see places I would have never seen. I got to just like me and you, the things that we have done, it's incredible because we've been in this singleness and that we aren't married. So it's a gift. Yeah, It's a gift to be able to wake up in the morning. And although it's amazing to have children and, and, a, and a husband, to be able to sit just with Jesus and learn about him and talk to him and read the Bible and not have anyone bother you yeah. and be able to like get up and go so whenever true. you want. We can travel, do whatever we want, focus on your purpose, who you are. Yeah. It's, it's the best. I'm so happy you touched on the fact that there's nobody bothering you in singleness. <laughs> it's so true. I, I had a moment where I was reading the Bible in my house this morning, and I, and obviously we're thinking about singleness and about marriage and about today's episode, and I had a thought, and I thought this before, that as much as I want to be married and have children, and it's, you know, my biggest dream and the biggest blessing at the same time, I'm going to cherish right now this quiet that I have, because one day I'm going to have three to five kids running around my house when I'm trying to just read one psalm and I can't get through it because they're like pulling my hair and throwing SpaghettiOs at me. And I'm going to remember the time where I did, and my husband's going to like ask, like um, it's going to be so chaotic and I'm going to remember the time where I once could have peace and quiet. Yeah. And I know that's like really like retrospect, and you know, you're thinking in retrospect, but like truly there's so many gifts in singleness. I think the worst part about needing someone is like not 
need that validation from a man because I, trust me, I went through the withdrawals. It's when you're in a long relationship and then you get out of it and you're all of a sudden have no love from from your partner and and you don't have that um you don't have that it's it it is difficult you go through that withdrawal period but then when you get to the other side of that and you can wake up alone and feel at complete peace and just be with your friends Mm -hmm. and just laugh and like being content with that like i i truly am at a place where i don't need validation from anyone and I'm just like, wow, it's 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 a really powerful place to be in. And I just want anyone who's going through this to get to that place. It is such a powerful place to be in. What you mentioned something earlier about how God doesn't intend for us to be isolated and he just because you're single doesn't mean that you should be alone. And half of the questions that we got were talking about loneliness. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to touch on loneliness. And I wish that I could get up the statistic, but I think it's like one in two people suffer with not just like, you know, oh, I'm lonely. And they suffer with severe loneliness. And loneliness is a killer. Yeah, it is. A killer. It is. The enemy feeds on that loneliness because loneliness will lead to desperation. Loneliness will make you act out of character. And I just really encourage you, just like Ari said, just because you're single doesn't mean that you need to be or should be alone. Mm -hmm. You have to get community. You have to talk to people. I know every church, I'm not saying every church out there is amazing. We haven't been to a mall, but I know that at most churches, there is a group of people who want to take you in and who want to talk to you. Please reach out to a church, reach out to a small group, reach out to friends. There are Just like you're feeling lonely, there's a thousand other people who are just as lonely as you are and would die to have a friend like you. It's true. You know what I mean? And so I just, you have to reach out to people. Take a stand against this loneliness. It's not yours and God never intended for you to live like that. And and honestly, to to be able to build friendships, it's the most important thing. Do you understand the greatest gift in my life with the friendships that I have right now? Yeah. I am... Friendships are so important. They bring more happiness to my life than I can even. Yeah. Every day we are just laughing. We have taught each other so much. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, just it's that support too. It's it, just it's like, a support system. Yeah. It's the best. It's like, I don't know. I just I I see a lot of people and they're constantly in this dwelling feeling and just being like when is it gonna happen and in panic mode please guys don't waste this time it singleness is not to be wasted it is like Angela said it is a gift cherish it cherish this time with yourself with God building relationships doing new things that you don't think that you would ever do I found my purpose in this in this waiting season it's yeah. it's incredible i want to read ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 it says there is a season for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens and we know we talked about it all last week about how god is so intentional with his timing there is a season for everything and then i want to read 1 corinthians chapter 7 verse 28 to 31 what i mean brothers and sisters is that the time is short From now on, those who have wives should live as if they do not. 
those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if it were not theirs to keep, those who use the things of the world as if not engrossed in them. And I know that's all a little, uh, can be a little confusing if you don't know the context, but it ends with, for this world in its present form is passing away. Mm. Singleness, being single, wanting a relationship, having the desire for a marriage can literally engulf you to the point of like not being able to see anything else except your lack in this area and your desire to have a partner. And God is, he talks about it all the time. I was just reading in Hebrews about how this world is nothing compared to the, to the world to, that's to come. Yeah. And it says for this world in its present form is passing away. None of this actually means anything compared to eternity in heaven with Jesus. Do not waste your short time. It says it is the time is short from now on. Those who have wives should live as if they do not. That cannot be your main focus. That cannot be like the time here is short. Cherish it for what it is and whatever season you're in. And then just keep your eyes focused on Jesus and the world that's to come, the eternal world in heaven with him. I love that you say that about seasons because I we, we never want to rush a season. We never yeah. want to force our way out of a season. Yeah. If God puts us in a certain season, season, whether it's hard, whether it's the best season, yeah. whether it's a single season, what? I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. That was great. You, you, nothing. No, I'm so sorry. What? What I said? No, you, you, I, you said Caesar. And I don't know why. I did not laugh. say Caesar. No, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Keep going. That was great. It's okay. Keep going. Um... All I saw was Caesar dressing in my head. Those of the worst. Caesar dressing. I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Keep going. You saw Caesar dressing, huh? I'm so sorry. No, I was just saying I love that you say that about the seasons because um, you never want to force your way out of a certain season. And I... I've come to understand that I've watched a lot of sermons and read a lot of things about how if you're in a season, just flow with it. Mm. I'm like, what is what are you talking about? Just flow with it. I can't. I'm panicking. I (laughs) want to get married with a partner. (laughs) But now that that I've seen all the pieces come together in my life, I'm like, okay, yes, flow with the season. I am meant to be here. Yeah, exactly. Rest in that. Like, Like, we're meant to be here. So just... Just what what can we learn in this season while while God is preparing our person for us, you know, while yeah. he's doing the works and getting us ready for it? What can I do to be the best version of myself? So when that person does come in, it's going to be amazing yeah. and I can be ready, you know. So Thank every you. day we want to just constantly work on being the best versions of ourselves mm-hmm. while we're in this waiting season, while he's preparing us. Yeah, I love... We want to interrupt this episode really quickly because as you guys know, Ari and I are both in the acting industry mm-hmm. and we have something really just important to us that we wanted to talk about. So there's a new film out called The Shift and I wanted to talk about it. It's Filled as a contemporary retelling of the book of Job, in which God tests a man who has everything he could want by stripping him of his family, friends, and property. But the man still has not turned back on the creator. And Neil Donahue plays him. 
I'm actually, I mean, there's nothing I want to see more than the gospel being pushed in Hollywood yeah. and films and TV shows made about, because I don't think there's any story that's more interesting than the Bible yeah. and the different stories in the Bible. So to have films and TV shows being made on, especially even the Old Testament, because we have the Chosen series, which is so beautiful, and that's based on the New Testament. The Old Testament is so interesting and so, there's so much juice in there. Yeah. And so the book of Job is one of my absolute favorites. It's one of the first stories I ever read in the Old Testament. And it's really, yeah, because it, it's basically like Job went through so much and he was tested and he was tested. And the poor guy had boils all over his body. Mm-hmm. Everybody left him. His friends turned their back on him. His own wife told him, you know, oh, is this the God that you love so much? You should just curse the God because he's cursed you. Yep. And Job till the very end says, no, that's my God. And, and I'm not turning remain, my back on him. Yep, and he remained faithful. Right. And I think it's so funny what's going on with Neil Donahue. And if you guys don't know what's going on, Neil Donahue he is an actor who he's known for playing a villain and he he says that's just what works for him and at the end of the day he doesn't do any role that has kissing or sex scenes or any sort of intimacy with the opposite sex yeah and now Ari and I aren't here to say that one is wrong or the other is right but what we are here to say is that everybody deserves the right to live the way that they want to live and to have autonomy over themselves and their body and their career and Neil Donahue made this pledge to himself and his wife that he wouldn't do these things because he's a man of God and he didn't want, again, not saying what's right or what's wrong, but Neil Donahue is a true godly man with integrity and morals and he set out to do something and he took it to the very end and he said I don't care if people think I'm weird for this I don't care if people laugh at me in Hollywood but what ended up happening was Neil Donahue literally got blacklisted. Yeah, he got he got completely blacklisted. No one would hire him. But it goes to show you that if you remain faithful yes. and you stay on the right path of what God wants and yeah. you're obedient to him, yeah. he will reward you. And yeah. that's what he did for him. Now he's playing this incredible role. And he almost turned it down at first. He really? was like, yeah, because he was like, oh, I don't know if I should play Satan. And then he talked to his wife about it. And she was like, who else should play Satan than someone who loves and glorifies God wow. as much as you do. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, because he really wanted to show people like how Satan works yeah. and how he can get into the mind and and what he does and how bad he is. Yeah. And I think it's great. It's going to it's going to show people a lot because in a world that we're living in that glorifies Satan it's and in Hollywood it's this is this is amazing this is a beautiful thing so this movie The Shift is is just going to be incredible I feel like it's going to change a lot it's going to really open a lot of people's eyes and I'm just I'm really happy I love that they're doing this and I just learning about Neil I mean wow if you watch some of his interviews he is just a true man of faith a true man of God I mean I'm like sitting there watching him listening being like yeah, because he plays the villain, and a lot of people are like, "Well, if you play the villain, then why, why, why are you going to play Satan?" Yeah, and he's like, "Listen, I, I play a villain because you know I shoot people, I shoot like ten guys in a movie, but I can laugh at it, and I can shake everyone's hand at the end of the at the end of the day off set." He's yeah. like, "But." Um, 
you know, when I'm actually doing a intimate scene with another woman and I'm, and I'm kissing a woman, my kids have to see that mm. and God has to see that. Mm -hmm. And my wife has to see that. And I don't want that because I know God doesn't want that for me. And I just, I think it's beautiful. And yeah. I'm, I'm so happy that he's coming so boldly and he's not afraid and he's speaking on that because Hollywood needs that. Thank you. I just, I'm I, I'm reading right here. It says he was fired from ABC Scoundrels after refusing to do any sex scenes or kissing scenes. The show only aired for one season, but he was completely blacklisted from Hollywood. And this is a little bit of my issue with things in the world and the, the culture that we're living in right now is that you can go so hard for your beliefs as long as they are in line with like what everybody else in that mm -hmm. specific space uh, agrees in. And it's all like, you know, live your truth, do your thing, do whatever you want. Like you, you need a, you know, and it's, they empower you to live your truth and do, do the things that you believe in until you have Christian values. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not, <laughs> like it's not, it's in, I, I'm, I love the, I love acting and I love the acting industry. I really do. I'm never going to knock any, anybody or anything, but I am so grateful to our Lord and Savior, I Jesus know. Christ, for letting us enter into a space where like the one thing that's pushed the most, which is the media and which is Hollywood. And we know that Hollywood literally owns everything. We will bring Christian values back into this place. And Neil Donahue is doing that for us. And so are so many other people. And we're so grateful for these warriors of Jesus who are going into these spaces and being bold and who are willing to be made fun of and persecuted and put down and blacklisted. That's right, you know? sister. I know. And again, it's like, you don't have to agree exactly with uh, Neil's principles and what he wants for his life and his marriage. But again, when we live in a world where everybody is you know, we're like, you know, you want autonomy over yourself and blah, 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 and whatever. Like, then you give that to everybody in every, in everybody, in every aspect. So, you true. know, I'm just, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this guy, this man of God doesn't want to do a sex scene or so a kissing cool. scene because he loves his wife and he just doesn't think it's right. So no one will hire him because they think he's this weird Christian guru. But it's okay if somebody goes on stage and, like, wears devil horns and, and glorifies Satan. It's like, <sighs> what is going on? <laughs> That's why I'm just, like, I'm so happy that we have people like him that are standing up and speaking boldly and... Yeah, he's somebody like Neil Donahue. He is paving the way for other Christians in the entertainment mm -hmm. industry. Um, and he, I don't even know if he's aware of the impact that he's making by taking the stand that he is in this way. And I want, hopefully we get to have Neil on the podcast one day. That'd be so awesome. But I want him and everybody else to understand that if you suffer in the name of Jesus, you should rejoice. You should absolutely rejoice. You are blessed if you get to suffer for Jesus. You're blessed if you are persecuted and made fun of in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you something else. It doesn't go unseen. No, no. Jesus sees everything. He sees the work you're doing for him. He sees how much you're glorifying for him. And even through that suffering, he will come and intervene and he will, you will be rewarded. You will be rewarded. He will bless you. Even like and abundantly. We, and we say it all the time. You can't cancel God's children. No. Okay. You cannot. Can't. Jesus got canceled worse than anybody else. And look at him. He is Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Yeah. So we are so proud of Neil and we are just, we're ecstatic about this movie, The Shift, any Christian movie. I 
really believe that we are going to see a true revolu- revolution happening and Me too. Christians are going to take over the entertainment industry and we're going to put out like good content, like good, yeah, good movies. Yeah, no more of these goofy, kooky movies. No, no goofy, no kooky, goofy. demon movies. No, <laughs> thank you. I don't want no more weird movies. No, I don't want to see it. And I don't while wanna... we're on the singleness episode, men, go watch Neil Donahue's interviews because that is a true hey, man of God. I don't think Neil Donahue follows girls on Instagram either. <laughs> I don't think he's following Instagram models, so everyone needs to take a page out of Neil Donahue's book. <laughs> We're posting that at the club. <laughs> I love Romans 8 verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not have yet, we hope for it patiently. Yeah. So let's just try to be patient. Patient is... The greatest lesson I had to learn this year is to really be patient while God's working everything out. What do you think about dating apps? Did somebody ask? Yeah. Um, well, I think that they have brought a lot of people together, actually. Yeah. And I think it's actually a positive thing. I think sometimes people can get carried away with it, whether... They're just like swipe, 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 yeah. swipe, swipe. And it's it's a little hard because I think back back then we used to have to meet up with the person yeah. and things were a little bit different. But I think with the way of the world, it's also a very positive thing. And it's a great way to meet people. What do you, you think? Because you and I both are not on dating apps. But I agree that it has brought a lot of people together mm. and it has done really beautiful things. I don't think that it's for me or Ari. I don't think that's like the direction in which we will ever go. Should I get on a dating app? Honestly. (laughs) What if your husband's on your dating app? Imagine. Um, Should I get on Tinder? I mean, let's go at least shoot for Raya or (laughs) something nice. Christian Mingle. We honestly should go on Christian Mingle. Should we? Should we? (laughs) What's each of yours ideal first date? Ooh, I didn't see that one. Okay, well, do you want to go first? No, go ahead. Um, I, I'm such a foodie. If you take me to a really nice, like a good restaurant with some good food, you you have my heart. But, but here's the thing though. It's yes, take me, you, you want to go to a nice dinner and I totally get that with good food, but you're the same as me that on a first date, I'm not trying to sit next. I'm not trying to sit across from you at our first date. I don't date. sit across. You have to sit right here to my left. I know, but on a first date, I mean, I probably would have no shame and be like, hey, can I sit next <laughs> yeah, to you? I always do that. You know that? Do you really? Yeah. I get too comfortable I, too quick. <laughs> yeah. We're working on boundaries, her and I. Um, we, we, you'll think that we know people for years when we meet them. That's like the one thing about us. I know. Yes, I do like restaurants, but on a first date, I think I'd rather do something like comedy show. That'd be fun. Yeah, or I, I, I well, I want something where we can talk. So I don't know, like even a nice going somewhere that's somewhat of an activity, but one that we can still talk in. Maybe going on a drive, maybe going to the beach, having a picnic on the beach, and like looking, like being next to each other, but looking at the. It's the whole sitting across from each other, having to stare down thing that I don't love. You know what it is? I can tell. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to offend anyone. Say it. But I can tell fairly quickly um, at someone's taste by the place they take you to. So I'm like, I think I want to 
go to a restaurant on my first date because I'll, I'll find out really quickly. Yeah, it's so and true. And that may sound a little harsh and it may sound a little snobby, but I am someone who's super chill and laid back, but I am a foodie. And I think it's good to treat someone like a lady and take them to a nice a nice dinner on your yeah. first date. I think it's a sign of respect mm-hmm. um, to be intentional about where you're taking somebody and take them somewhere it's like it kind of like wherever you take them is kind of a reflection of how much you value them you know what I mean exactly it's a respect thing yeah yeah age gap you're willing to have with your partner (laughs) you really had a screenshot all the ones huh (laughs) I told you they were good I'll, I'll go with mine so I typically only like to date people much older not much older than me but like for me I think we're gonna see Angela rolling a guy around in a wheelchair <laughs> like in a Cole Smith <laughs> hey no I mean I, pre- I either I mean I either my age or preferably I mean the most I'd go is like 10 years older oh really yeah oh, I wow. think I honestly think that's pretty good for me that's like a I think that's yeah. that's worked in the past. What do you think? Te- okay. For you? No, for you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be honest. I, she knew. No, I um it's really strange. I <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I I definitely uh 30 and up, 30s and up. 30s and up. Yeah. Listen, typically the guy doesn't really develop till 30, right? Do they ever? But I think it's how you were raised. Have you been through some stuff? Yeah. You know, I know some people that have been through a lot and they really are very mature for their age. So it just, it all depends on your character and what you've been through. Um, What are your attachment styles? Um... Well, let's answer it for each other, huh? Okay. I don't know how to answer this for myself. Um, I, I think, yeah. Go ahead. I know you say you're avoidant, mm-hmm. but I actually think you are so loving and you're secure and you just don't take crap when somebody pushes you. So I wouldn't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I would say that you were avoidant, yeah. but where you are now in your walk and your path of life, yeah. I think you are extremely secure and ex- just confident in who you are. And you, you are very healthy. I will say that you are extremely healthy and loving and whoever gets you is so going to be so lucky. Thanks, Ar. Yeah, I think you have a really good balance. Like yeah. I, for you, you need someone to bring you peace you know because you are at such peace in your own life and you just exude so much joy and you need that you need someone who's gonna really bring that out of you not bring you down just be be joy in your life peace and joy peace and joy baby I think for you you're also secure and then it's funny you teeter between anxious and avoidant Mm, I do for sure. Yours depends on who you're with. It depends on the situation. Again, you're like all three. You're secure when everything is good, when everything, you know, and I am too. I'm secure when everything is good. I'm only avoidant when 
I need to be when I when something is off or when something is like too much for me, then I become avoidant. But you are extremely secure. I mean, when it comes in 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 regards to yourself and how you view yourself in a relationship, you are like extremely trusting. Mm-hmm. You're not a jealous girlfriend. You're not a controlling girlfriend. Like you are so good. You're like go do. She's like go go to Miami with your friends. I'm like okay, go to Miami. Yeah, I'll like go to Miami with your friends. You're so yeah. good about that. Well, tell you why because I don't date men that don't have self-control which means I don't date men that can't control alcohol that Mm. are doing the wrong thing like I will not date a guy that is out you know drink until 2 a.m. Speaking of I'm sorry I have to because we're gonna forget somebody said what's your biggest ick I have mine it's not a it's not men who drink and it has nothing to do with me being sober because even when I was drinking this was my thing if I could be literally madly in love, truly madly in love with a man, and if I see him drunk, like not just like a little drunk, like a, like borderline sloppy or like out of control or slurring his words, immediate turn off, immediate shut off from me, done. I'm done. I, I won't even do it. I, w- I will not date a guy that, that gets drunk. Do you know what it is, too? Because we love, ma- like, manly men so much. Yeah. And we love leaders and men who are tough and, and strong and, yeah. and, like, in control. That's, like, what a, the definition of a man is, is he's in control of himself and his surroundings. And so if I see you just, like, it I'm, is, like... It is the most disgusting, most I'm like, feminine, weird. It is... Not nope, good. I, I, I'm done. No, what's your ick? My biggest ick is, yeah, same as you, the drinking. No, um, I, it's, it's hard for me when someone's not giving, when they're, when they're just, I, how do we put that? Yeah. You got it. This is difficult for me to say this out loud because I I never want to come off as someone who is this like bougie girl because I'm not, I'm really not, but I just I don't I don't like someone who who is like oh I gotta do this for you I gotta take you here oh we gotta uh, like frugal like I, I can't do it uh, can I just say something about the frugalness it's, sorry you go ahead sorry no no you could say it go my girl this is like an all star like this is my thing is a man wants to be frugal and has a woman like you like. You're uh, bunching above your weight a little bit, brother. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the thing about being. I'm gonna be honest. No, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna let it all out today. I'm gonna be honest. If you're gonna be frugal and you're gonna be cheap, it's like you shouldn't be dating anyways to begin with. Two things. One, it's not good and it's not a good look. And to be quite honest, it's embarrassing. Another thing is. What are you being frugal for? This is my thing about people who are greedy and frugal is like, where are you? You can't take it with you when you die. Let me tell you one thing. There's only one thing that you take when you go to heaven, and that's souls. You can only take other people. That's only people that you brought to Jesus that you'll see in heaven. Other than that, like, you're not bringing any of it with you. No, it's just, I can't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not okay. It's not okay. I, I and, and, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. You and I, like, I'll give someone my last dollar. I really, truly, I will. I will give my last dollar. My mom was in town this weekend. My mom and Ari literally got into a fist fight in 7-Eleven over who is going to pay. Like, that's just how we are. So if I, I can't even imagine being a man. Truly, from the bottom of my heart, I would feel like a 
literal woman, if I, if my girl asked me, yeah, if my girl like asked me for something and I was like, oh, that's like, you want, like, I, I just, okay, we'll, we'll move on from this. But it's like, I, if I was a man, I would take so much pride and honor in being the man and like taking care of things and be, and being like, oh, how dare you even pretend to pull out your wallet. Even if we're like, okay, say we're with a guy, we're at the valet. And we have cash, and I'm and, and and the guy's sitting next to me with the cash, and you're gonna let me pay the ten dollars? I'm sick. I don't. It, Even, it's the biggest. I'm sorry. It's the biggest turnoff ever. We love you guys so much, and we. we I do. hope that you take this as encouragement to like step. Up, step up and step into I'm not saying you need to spend all this money but I'm saying in situations when you're around women honestly if I was a guy and I even with girlfriend like not someone who's my girlfriend but female friends I'd take even if I saw like I was a guy and I saw a random girl paying for her valet I probably would have so much pride like, I'd I, pay for the random yes. person I just couldn't I can't I would not be able to be a man around women letting them pay for things well, I'll tell you that's that's what I love about guys on the east coast is that they just have have this sense of pride as a yeah. man like they they take care of things they 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 would never let you take out your wallets it's something about Cal- it's, it's like that California uh, boy mentality getting raised on the west coast i don't know what it is but it's just this feminine thing that they have to them that they just oh yeah i'll let the girl pay yeah I got, like it's <laughs> makes truly sense. makes it's it's it truly is the biggest ick. i i i don't understand it um, I don't know what's going on right now. But it, men from the East Coast, like, you don't experience that. I've no. only, like, I only... They'll be like, what do you put your wallet away? Oh, my gosh. I've only dated, I've really I only dated guys from the East Coast. And all of them, it's like a universal thing. Like, they are so prideful in the sense that they won't, they would never, like, it would make them sick. My, like, it would make them sick to have to, to let us pay for something. Yeah. But I mean, I have dated a dude from California, and man, we went to go eat ice cream one time, and I had I almost had a heart attack, being like, "I'm not paying for this ice cream." And he cream. made you pay? No, because I'm I stand there and I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> like I'm not going to. But it freaked me out, and it's a really bad feeling. Oh, that's feeling. the worst when you go to a restaurant. When you yeah, when you go to a restaurant with someone, you're like, "Do I take off my wallet? Do I take off my wallet?" You shouldn't ever have to feel like that <sighs> with 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 a with a man. Yeah, I I do. Do you think guys and girls can be friends? Um, yeah, I I do I do it's yes I do actually, I think. Why are you looking <laughs> at me like that? No, no, I'm you not. Know, you know, well, you know, it's weird. I I really don't have many guy friends. If I'm being honest, green flag. Every guy in the comments is like green flag. That's a really that's people like that. I know you do have a lot. I don't have a lot of guy friends. I have like three. She has a lot of guy friends. No, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> what are you talking? I have it's okay but we but you know you know what Angela and I were just talking about and with our community that we're growing we are meeting a lot of amazing Christian we're growing a lot in there and they're men and it's amazing and they're they pray for us they help us and they truly feel like brothers to us it's pretty it's pretty cool the only time that I think um men and women can be friends is when they're like true godly men like our, we, yeah. we do have male friends in the Christian community now that are like actual brothers. This is the thing about men and women being friends because you're right. I do have some guy friends, but this is you. We you have to operate differently when you're single versus when you're in a relationship. 
I do have a couple of guy friends who are my close friends. When I'm in a relationship, the dynamic immediately changes. You know what I mean? They will no longer have the place in my life that they do before just out of respect for the person that I'm with. Yeah. I also think it's really important. This is just the truth. We all need to be aware that like, I think it'd be naive to say that men and women can truly just be friends because I do believe that there's always somebody in the equation that wants the other person. It's weird, though, because I don't know if I agree with that. I know everyone says that, but I do. Has that not been your experience? (laughs) So you're telling me. Think about the guy friends you had. If you called them today or at 2 o'clock in the morning and you said, I want to hang out, you think they wouldn't come? Okay. But... I mean, that's just the truth. Trust me. I like I have guy friends, but yeah. I'm, I, I am aware of the fact that like, oh, yeah, that, you know? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I, I truly I don't have any guy friends. It's the weirdest thing. I like my, my friends are all women. You're making me look so bad. I I'm am. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you that I do feel so connected to men. Like I feel so comfortable. I shouldn't say that on film. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Well, okay. Well, I I did have a question here. It said, uh, are you guys boy crazy? Nah. 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 No way. No. No, us? No. This is the thing. Me and Ari love love, man. We are. And, like, I I pretend to be this tough guy. Like, I love love so much. Do you want to know the honest-to-God truth? I don't know if I'm going to sound a little too much when I say this, but ever... (laughs) What? This is so funny. And this is the truth. What? Ever since I've had you... I don't even like I'm I'm fine. I'm like I, I'm like I don't <laughs> No, it's so cute. <laughs> Keep going. No, I'm just saying like I feel so fulfilled because you and I have so much fun. Yeah. We're constantly doing things where we're working on our um our purpose together, where we just like we have the greatest friendship that I'm like, whatever, like I'm fine. Yeah. You know? I do. No, it's so true. Like, it really I feel is. so fulfilled in my friendships that I'm just like I don't know. I'm good. Friendships really can fulfill you in a way that romantic relationships can't and vice versa. I mean, they both bring different things. But friendships bring friendships are so beautiful because they have all of the elements of relationship, obviously, without minus the physical intimacy and stuff like that and the romantic connection. But they have all of the things that a relationship has without the like ego, jealousy, trust, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like a relationship, but better Mm because there's no, you typically shouldn't have that drama that you sometimes do in a relationship. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) no, I'm just thinking like when, when we are single, like we, we need peace, we need love, we need all those things. And we do find that first in Jesus. And then when you have friendships after you find Jesus, that's when you will feel so complete. And that's when God will really bring you a person. I, well, back to our friendship, not to make the whole relationship episode (laughs) about our friendship, but somebody would, a lot of questions were like, what do you guys look for in a relationship? And honestly, I was thinking about how, like, the number one thing that I look for in a relationship is... Would you just say to them oh, without my I, knowledge? I thought you were going to say something about well, me. Well, I am saying something about oh. you. So the number one thing that I look for is... I mean, I look... My top three, I would say, are humor. It's number one. Guys, anyone... <laughs> whoever you marry... 
needs to okay can i i was actually going to talk about this what but go ahead no no go I'm ahead sorry you no 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 please go ahead humor yes uh, when i when i see your husband truly if i pray to god because i know that if you have someone that you can just banter with i know you need someone to banter with it's my love language. It's truly. So it's yours too, though. We're the same in that. And honestly, I've met my match when it c- comes to you. And I'm sorry to say, but you have set the bar for my, my whoever my partner is going to be because Ari and I. That well, that's what I was going to say. My top two things are humor and intellect, and they are they go hand in hand. You can't be truly funny without being really smart. Mm-hmm. Like that's they just go together. And so for me, banter is my number one thing. I want to be able to riff for like an hour, going back and forth, roasting each other, just like building on top of each other, just having the time of our lives. So whoever I'm with, I need him to not only be able to banter, I need him to be able to take it because. Ari, I mean, sometimes Ari and I will roast each other so hard to the, like, sometimes we'll roast each other until one of us cries. Yeah. Yeah, we really will. <laughs> like, and then uh, we'll get over it. Like, we've ended in tears so many times <laughs> by accident, by accidentally hurting the other person's feelings, but like, I, and in like a funny way, like, and we love it. Like, that's just the way that we like to operate. And for me, I think that laughter truly sustains a relationship. Oh, we, that's, I know, we laugh every single minute yeah. of the day and just getting over things quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not holding on. Yeah. I know. Just like you said, you need someone, you, you have set the bar so high. I don't know what Jesus was doing, but I will tell you, honestly, he brought, brought you into my life to save my life, to be my best friend, to be my partner in this life, but to also say, Hey, look, this is a friendship, but look, you have someone who at your worst thinks you're the best, who would never leave your side, who literally like sees you as sunshine when you're down <laughs> and out like you truly do. Like it's she has truly brought you bring the best out of me. You, you really, really do. And that is what a partnership should be like. Yeah, you is. bring the best out in each other, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and just like you were saying about how letting things go, that's how you bring the best out of somebody by not like harping on the bad all yeah. the time. But that comes down to, again, your relationship with Jesus and the joy that you already possess within yourself. Because when somebody is miserable, it's really hard for them to laugh. I know. It's really hard. For, like, and I feel for you. And that really sucks. But for me... Honestly, I think my number one thing that I look for in somebody is somebody who's genuinely happy and joyful. Yeah. Because I am, and I really can't deal with somebody sucking the joy out of me. I know. Like, you inspire joy. You are joy. You are the joy of my life. You are joy. No, you are joy. She really is joy. Like, you make me laugh so hard, and that's, that's just, that's what all that matters in life. Like, for instance, I was in the worst mood on the car ride here. I didn't even know if I was going to make it through. I don't know what was... I was dealing with some stuff earlier, like family issues or whatever. And I was just in the worst mood. But, like, the way you handle me is... It's gold. I'm like, if I can find someone who can handle me, like, like you took a deep breath, you let me be, you came in, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, it's special. It's really special. And that's really what a partnership is. Yeah, But I think that also comes with like, neither of us have egos, whereas in a relationship, when you bring in that pride and that ego, that will come because of, because it just adds a different element when you're romantic with mm-hmm. somebody and mm-hmm. it brings in that mm-hmm. pride. It just changes things. So I think like our number one thing that we need to focus on when we are in a relationship is to 
emulate what we do with each other. We have no ego with each other. It's because we're like, we're sisters. Like, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. And we don't want to win the argument. We don't try to, you know, we don't try to be right all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. But, um. So wait, hold on. Humor. What else? Humor, intelligence, um. I need him them to have the same morals, same beliefs. I need them to, you know what it is? My number one thing. Somebody asked, do you guys know why you're single? And I'll speak for myself, and I know exactly why I'm single, because I've never dated a guy that God would have approved for me. Mm-hmm. Not to say, let me like clarify and say that every guy I've ever, I've actually only dated great men. I have a great picker. I've only dated really wonderful guys, good people to their core, obviously not perfect and clearly not for me because we would be together if that was the case, but like good, good people, but never somebody who's further along in their faith than I am. Yeah. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that what God has, the person God has for me is like so far along in their faith than I am. And I have such a desire, like a true a yearning to be led spiritually. I just want to sit and look up at a man talking to me about theology and I'll be so happy you know what I mean and so I there's always been unfortunately not in like an insulting way but there's like a there's a level of respect that I'll have for the person that I'm with when that's the case and I've never experienced that I completely agree with you I I could have I mean we could both be in relationships I I think one of my biggest icks now, and now I know why it never worked out with anybody else, because truly, I could never be with someone who doesn't lead me spiritually. No. If I, I have to tell you about the Bible. No, I know. No. No. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. And like, and like morals. Wait, okay. So there is a question. I have it in here, but someone asked um, about your worst date. Someone said, can you give us the tea on your worst date? Do you have a worst date? I do. What is that? So I was on a date, and it was somewhat recently, and um, the person, I shouldn't have. (laughs) Listen, I knew beforehand that I shouldn't have gone, but I was just trying something, whatever. I was on the state, and this goes back to having the same morals. So I'm obviously, like, on this faith journey. I'm very deep. I'm deep. I'm, like, mind, body, and spirit devoted to Jesus. So I'm, like, I'm in this thing with him. So a lot has changed in my life. Like, modesty is actually a huge part of my life now, and it's very important to me. I'm not saying I'm perfect in it by any means, but, like, it's really— it's. Especially since the modesty video, which, by the way, we should do an updated modesty video. I've my views on it have changed tremendously even since that video. Did you say that that fishnet dresses are okay? No, fishnet dresses are (laughs) not okay. No fishnet dresses. But um, and I went on a date and I was like, I'm trying to talk to this guy and I truly wanted to die. I was crawling out of my skin. I texted Ari when he went to the bathroom and I was like, this is the worst time in my life. The guy goes, um, he'll never see this, so it's okay. But he goes, he's saying something. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've had to, because he's like, what is it like with this Christian podcast? And I'm like, well, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It holds me to a standard that I, I, ne- I wasn't living at before, and I'm so grateful for it. And he's like, how so? And I'm like, well, one of the things is like the way that I dress and the way that I present myself. And it's important for me to uphold like a level of modesty and 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 dress in a way that glorifies god and he's like nah no that's stupid it's 2023 like i want my girl to have like her dress 
now. Like I, I don't care. And I literally, she and he said, I, I was like, please, what am I doing is, here? Oh my gosh. And he was like, I want my girl to be like sexy. Like I want everyone to look at her. And I was like, well, not only is I that, don't belong here. Not only is that an ick. That's a boy. Yeah. And I think that's what you know. We've been running into boys. Yeah, I just know in that moment I was, and I never, on, I never have. I, I mean, it was one date, but like I remember being like, "This is so, this is like hell to yeah. be sitting across from someone who has completely different beliefs than you do." You know what I mean? It's the most important thing. What? It, what it's what? the most important thing. I can't even think of a worse date that I. Ha- I actually have been on some pretty good dates. That's good. I don't really go on dates. Like, Me neither. Not unless I. I am the so picky but I it takes a lot for me to to go on a date so if I do but they've been pretty good yeah my dates have been pretty good right good have I oh Angela wants me to talk about a one date it was a really bad restaurant (laughs) but I'm not gonna go there it's okay can I tell them no okay (laughs) no but um I'm just thinking about like how important it is to be with a man of God that just has self-control and good morals and is not acting like a degenerate, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm just like, people that act like that and talk like that, they don't have Jesus, you know? No. I love, I honestly, when I have a boyfriend, when I have a partner, like I, I look at him almost as not in like a very serious way, but almost as like my accountability coach. Like I, I love somebody who keeps me in me check. Too, me That's too. where like the submissive nature comes in. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I want to send you things and be like, do you think this is okay? What do you think about this? Obviously, if I trust them. And so I do not, the last thing I want is to be with a man who's like, Nah, do whatever you want. Like, that's so not. Yeah, but I will say, I saw, I don't know if you screenshotted one of the questions. It was like green flags, red flags. Yeah. I think one of, I think a red, one of, a serious red flag is when you first start dating someone, if they are questioning everything you do, not trusting you, um, that's that's a serious red flag, of you guys. Course. That is someone who is not secure in their identity. Yeah. Um, either that or they're guilty of their own conscience. And so that is one of the things yeah. that really doesn't sit with me right because truly when I'm all in, I I'm the most loyal person, and I just, I can't stand that. I, I dated someone who was questioning everything I did, like, right away, and it's it's a serious red flag, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, unfortunately, I've had... <clears throat> yeah, baby. I, I think uh, <laughs> my number one fr- flag is, just like you said, um, somebody who's not trusting. I think, but especially because you and I... If anyone's not going to cheat, it's me and Ari. We don't go anywhere. We don't don't. don't talk to anyone. (laughs) We are home, grocery store, church, gym, back home, (laughs) reading the Bible on a Friday night, like truly. And so I, and the truth is I have like, it's something that I'm looking at within myself because clearly I have a large part to play in it if it's been a pattern in my life. But I have typically dated a lot of the time, men who are really controlling. Well, you in an anxious attachment. Yeah, and it's something that I'm really trying to unravel and figure out what the reason is for it because I, like, will joke about it all the time, but I think it's actually really been making me a little sad recently 
because I just, I want to experience, like, God's love, for example, is very, it's freeing, right? Like when God, the way that God loves you, it like makes you blossom into, look at your own life. You were, you know, a shell of yourself before you met Jesus. You were nowhere near living to the potential. And because God's love poured into you, it literally made you bloom into this beautiful, strong, powerful powerhouse of a woman that you are. That's what God's love is supposed to do for you. You couldn't have said that better. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that and just like our love to one another has also bloom helped each other bloom mm-hmm. and and has been very empowering mm-hmm. I and again it's my fault if it's something that keeps happening in my life and it's the direction I keep going but like every love that I've experienced has tried to put a ceiling on me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on who I am and who I could become yeah and I just don't I don't want to experience love that is like makes me feel caged anymore yeah if I'm being honest I have watched you grow man and like two months two three months you're a completely different person that's why we change we are constantly changing if you're really working hard on yourself and focusing on God the change that can happen so rapidly, the change in both of us yeah. I've seen tremendously in such a quick time. It's really beautiful to yeah. watch. And the more you change, the more you grow, the more you um, get to know yourself, you're not even going to let those kinds of people in your life. I know. I know. Yeah. I. It's just something. So when we're on the topic of red flags, I think red flags so when we're on the topic right now, I'm like I talked about it myself for a little too long um what what's your green flag in a man what do you think our red flags and green flags are about each other yeah well like what we'll say we'll say what each other's are and then we'll say what we think our own is okay you want, you want me to say? I'll go first. Your green flag is that you're the best person I've ever met in my life. You have a heart of gold. You love people so much. You are the most real, genuine person, and you make everybody feel like a million bucks. <laughs> your love is so beautiful and so nurturing and so godly, the way you love people, and that's why people love you, because you love others well. And your red flag is nothing. You're perfect. No, God. No. Uh, we all have red flags, Angela. You're, oh, really? What's mine? Yes, we do. What's mine? <laughs> Honestly, nothing other than... No, it's okay. What is it? Tell me the truth. I want to know the truth. I want you to tell me mine first. All right. Why? You want to know how hard you should go after hearing mine? Yours is... No, your red flag in a relationship, not as a human being on the planet. Your red flag is that you can be a little reactive sometimes. Yes. Once I get pushed... Sometimes your anger is just a little bit misdirected at times. Like we'll be, we'll have a little situation and it'll be like not even that big of a deal. And then I'll just, cause I go quiet. Right. But like not in a bad way. Like if we have a little tiff, I'll be like, I love you. I love you. But like, it's clear. I just don't want to talk. And she'll be like, what? This is ridiculous. You know? Yes. Yes. I do do that. Yeah. I'm working on it. No, I'm just kidding. She's perfect. I don't want to say, you don't want me to say it's fine. Okay. What's my red flag? Oh, be honest. I'm trying to think like in, in, a, a, relationship, in a relationship. What have you seen my red flag with a man be? Oh, I know what it is. What? Sorry. What? She'll be with <clears throat> she'll be with someone. He's not her husband. He's I'm like sitting there being like she doesn't even like him. He's 
like five. No, I'm not gonna say that. He, she doesn't even like him, and, and she'll, she she convinces herself because she always wants to be like joyful. So she, <laughs> God, he's the one, isn't he amazing? And she will like act like you will truly act like a wife in like the first month. <laughs> that is my red flag. <laughs> that is my red flag. And I'm just sitting there being like. She will give like everything to the person right away and like play house. That's your red flag. Uh, yeah, that is my red flag. But I also will say about you too, when you snap, you snap out. Well, you know what it is? Let me tell you what it is. First of all, with the whole like being like, even if things are bad, I'll be like, wow, it's great. It's a loyalty thing and it's a it's bad. Like most of the time people, when they got out of get out of bad situations, not that I've been in a bad situation, but like they'll they won't have told anyone in the relationship. So when they get out, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Like, it was great. I am so loyal in my head that I can't talk bad about the person that I'm with. No, like, I literally you, can't no, do it. you are. But you also got to, like, some now, I'm sometimes toxically when positive. She ta she's talking to someone and she's, like, she's telling me something, it goes through one ear, through another, I'm like... Okay. That's what my mom says. <laughs> I swear. I'm like, it's, I'm like, can't decipher what's real and what's not because you really will convince yourself you like someone. And I'm like, you like who him? <laughs> like what? what? You know what it is? I'll like someone. Okay, fine. This is my red flag. I'll like the idea of someone more than I actually know the person. And so, yes, I sometimes will start to play house in my head very quickly. And then within like house. three months. Oh, she's. Yeah. And then within like three months, I'm working on it. God's still working on me. Yeah. What can I say? No, she's she's got no. Honestly, <laughs> no, we really have no don't. red flags. You are. Uh, What's my green flag? You green flags. Where do I begin? Thank you. I always say, you would be my worst nightmare <laughs> if I had to watch my ex with you because you are truly like the full package. You're the full funny, package. loyal, beautiful inside and out, a heart of gold. You're just you're. You're everything. You truly are you. everything. Okay, somebody said, would you date a pastor? Um, I don't know if a pastor would date me, if I'm being honest. Why not? <laughs> I don't know if I'm first lady of the church material. I'm more like preach the gospel to the streets. Streets. I'm more like preach the gospel to the streets. Nah, we're both. Yes. Sorry, that was a joke. It didn't land. You mean a pastor's son? No. What? No, it says, would you date a pastor? Oh, okay, okay. And I'm saying, I don't know if a pastor would date me or you. <laughs> <laughs> I can dress the part, but I don't know if I could talk the part. <laughs> um, someone said, do you guys have the same type slash are you ever worried about liking the same guy? No, no sir. Do you know why? Good, no, no, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. likes, Ari <laughs> likes dudes who wear sandals and Abercrombie and tie sweaters around their neck. <laughs> Okay, let me just say one thing. I you know it's do true. not like fl I I okay. I don't want right, to. Why do I see your ex wearing sandals and a sweater oh. around his neck then? How <laughs> could you? Okay, first of all, one of my ex is um flip flops. Ew. Second of all, second of all, yes, I I tend to have a tie. Angela likes guys that look like they just got out of prison. No. Yeah. You're not that they just got we out. Couldn't, I don't want them incarcerated. We couldn't have more opposite types. I don't want them to look like they got out of prison. She, they, I like 
if, if Angela could have if Angela could have it her way, she'd have have a guy with tattoos under his freaking no, I teardrop would not. Tattoos. That's absolutely she not. She likes them all tatted. No, 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 no. That's I don't not like a, tattoos. That's not a requirement. I I have a historically I've gone for men who are a little bit rougher on the edges. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I've changed my mind. It's clearly not work. From this point forward, if you wear sweaters around your neck, call me. I'm changing my type. <laughs> I don't take guys that wear sweaters around their neck. You mean like all American, like, like jockey type? I do tend to have a type, huh? You do. Um, uh, yeah, I guess, no, and it's awesome. I just, I think I prefer mine with a bit more flavor. You know what it is? I just like I like a guy that goes to work. That's about yes. His I also I also like a man who has a job. Okay, <laughs> I don't actually want him in jail. <laughs> God, I'm gonna get letters from jail now. <laughs> You're just gonna get letters from prison mates. You guys are probably horrified of us. Choose a song to describe one another. Stand by me. Aw, that was cute. I don't know why that just came to my head. Wow, that's beautiful. When the night falls and the world comes tumbling down. That's not. And the moon. Th that's not the words. Stand, Stand by, by me. me. Okay. It's mine. You get a call What's from your. What's mine? Um. If you You've say, got a friend in me. I thought you were gonna say some Drake song. What the heck? How <laughs> <laughs> could you? Man. Okay, come oh, on. Man, I am not okay. Um, you get a call from your friend saying help. Guess why they would need your help? I have it. You saw me. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it just came to me. Wait, if Ari called me and said she needed <laughs> help, dead. the thing that she would need help with is because uh, she has a spider at her house. Someone said it feels so right with him, but he still isn't serious. Well, sister, if he isn't serious, it's not right with him. Please, run as fast as you can. Bye. <laughs> Looks versus character, 50-50, or what would you say the ratio of importance is for you? I think it's really important to be a... <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't understand how hard it is to try to talk to her seriously on a, on a podcast in her face every time. Why? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> or, or you're falling asleep. <laughs> um... I think I think it's really important to be attracted to your partner. You're going to be with them for the rest of your life, but you they also have to be good. Looks fade, personality is personality everything. Is everything. You have to be attracted to them, but I will say a good personality and a really funny dude can honestly go from like a 5 to an 8 so quick with good humor. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm <laughs> Do you think people can change if they really love someone? I don't think that anybody changes for anybody else, not permanently at least. I think the only person who can change you is the is Jesus and having conviction from God. 
Absolutely. Personally. I completely agree. What's your love language? Oh, I love words of affirmation. Yeah. I love to be reminded you'll have my heart if I get, you know, if you just make me feel good. Yeah. I love physical touch. Mm -hmm. I love quality time. Quality time is so important. If you really plan things and spend time with me and just show me that you care. Yeah. That's, I love that. What about you? Same. I think mine are... They used to be physical touch and words of affirmation um, tied together because I can't really have one without the other. I need to be told how I feel about, by somebody. Otherwise, I will like just... Yeah, yours are words of affirmation <clears throat> as well. They are, and that's how I give love as well. Physical touch, though, is 100%. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know, I'm very much like I just want to be around like with the people that I love. And then, but something that has really gone up on the list for me is acts of service. Mm. As I've gotten, as time has gone on, I've really gotten into the place of not only do I like doing acts of service for other people, for me, if somebody makes my life easier, even the most simple act, like if you go and get my oil changed or like build something for me or do something, like it means everything to me. I don't think there's anything <clears throat> more attractive than some a man who like steps in and wants to take charge and make your life easier and do Ugh. things for you. It's, it's everything. Yeah. Do either of you struggle with an attraction to unavailable men? This one's for you, so, baby. So I would say Angela doesn't. Angela actually attracts the opposite from what she was, which is uh, anxious attachment. Um, I, I think because I wasn't in a good place, mm -hmm. I was probably not in the... I, I before I had Jesus before I when I when I lost myself I tended to attract unemotionally available men yeah and that's just the truth of it and if you are attracting those types of men that is a sign to work on yourself and to be alone and focus on yourself so that you attract a healthy partner because you just you don't want to you don't want to be with someone who's emotionally unavailable you will end up completely heartbroken yeah no. it's not worth it and so if you are getting those signs that's great it's 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 a sign to just really be on your own and, yeah. and focus on your identity and who you are so you don't attract those kinds of people exactly yeah but that's all that's that's basically all I was attracting and it's just so sad because you're the most emotionally available, loving, nurturing person. So for you to be with someone who's not that or like can't even receive that, that's just it's sad. It's you know what it is? It's and I I talked a lot about this with my therapist. When you are very nurturing and loving and have a really good heart, you tend to though emotional unemotional, sorry, unemotional avail emo sorry. <laughs> we could keep this in. Emotionally unavailable men cling to yeah. to people that, you know, are loving and nurturing and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't even know. what, it, But it's also like you typically will attract the opposite. Actually, no, because I'm really emotionally available as well. I don't know. I But I, I make it a huge point that I will never go for an emotionally unavailable guy yeah. because I don't want to be hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't want to go through that. Um, all right. Well, that's all I've got. That's all we got. All right. Well, guys, 
I hope this was an eventful conversation for you. We wanted to talk about singleness and how it, it is a gift and it is a blessing. Marriage is also a blessing. Um, I know we're really all over the place. We wanted to ask some fun questions and, and answer those for you. We wanted to get a little personal. I think I got a little too personal, no, maybe. Jenna, you are good. But we love you guys so much. We want nothing more than for you guys to know Jesus, get closer to Jesus, and read the Bible. Yes, guys. Get a Bible. Bible. Yes. Um, read a chapter a day. Give God the first fruits of your, your day every morning. Read the Bible. We are approaching the holidays. We're going to have a couple of really fun holiday episodes. Um, spend time with loved ones coming up focus on Jesus during this holiday season. He is the reason for this season. We love you guys more than you understand. I just want to say, I know that some of you are really going through a tough time being single in the waiting season. The holidays are coming up. It gets rough. I know. Mm. The reality of it is, is it's not easy sometimes. But we're in this together. It's for a reason. Let God prepare you. Just focus on him. And everything's going to work out. We love you so much. And we're here for you. We're your sisters. And we're in this together, guys. So we love you so much. You. I love that you just touched on that. Holidays can be really lonely. Yeah. So get around family, friends, community. We love you. Just understand, whenever you're feeling alone, we love you so much. And we're in this together. Isn't yeah. that nice to know that? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. We love you guys so much.